I'm James, I'm alcoholic, and uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I picked the, 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 the theme of seeking just because, well, I'll get into that, but like, you know, like I, like the most, the thing that's given my, my life more meaning than anything else I've been through, like anything else I've experienced or done, like none of it really matters in the end. Like what matters to me the most is that I found God and that I'm in relationship, that I have a relationship with him. Like everything else is kind of just a bonus, you know, like as long as I seek him. And so I'm just going to start a bit about my background and how I eventually got to God. And uh, yeah, I mean, so, all right. So as a kid, you know, I had some issues, which isn't unusual, you know, like kids have issues. There's This world's not perfect. Like, you know, I was always seeking. I was always, yeah, I was always seeking for something. And like, I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know I was doing it. Like I was trying to find it in other people and things. And one of the challenges with that is like what, the best way I can explain me as a child is like um, the only thing that really explains it is that I was like I was on the autistic spectrum. Like I was really incapable of expressing myself. I was extremely emotional, and uh, like I was intelligent too. But like I didn't really do well in school. Like I couldn't really wrap my head around certain topics. Like like you know i'm in a catholic school and they're talking about god and different things and like i just didn't understand stuff like life and death and god and the devil and and so you know i struggled in that way and so like one of the and uh one of the big things in my childhood repeating theme is kind of loneliness like i had a hard time having friends and couldn't really connect with people and so i was just lonely a lot of the time and um, just as an as an example of how like emotional I actually was, like I had all these emotional emotions inside of me, and I didn't know how to express them properly until like I, I looked like a good target for target for bullies, right? So someone would try and bully me, and I'd snap in a blackout rage and beat them up, and then go cry in a corner because I didn't know what happened. And um, and yeah, my only escape like sports helped me a lot. I was a different boy when I was playing uh, like soccer. So sports was one of my healthy coping mechanisms. But the other one, like my first addiction um, was video games. They were my best friends. They were my first love. And it's just like they they helped me escape, right? And then so by seventh grade, I uh, I was kind of scared of myself. And I was scared of the consequences of getting in fights all the time. And so I, I guess something happened in seventh grade. And I just suppressed everything. I never went into another blackout rage again. And I was just became like an emotionless, which you know, wasn't true. It was a mask I was putting on, but I, I just suppressed everything I was feeling. And then fast forward a bit, around 17, yeah, when, when I was around 17, I uh, I found alcohol and drugs. And as soon as I, you know, like the first day I got drunk, like I drank like an alcoholic, I got like sick for hours and I woke up the next morning. I'm like, wow, that was awesome. Let's do it again. And um, I thought I had found what I had seen, what I've been seeking for. Like I thought, like this alcohol, like getting intoxicated, like going to parties, and like, like this is the meaning of my life. Like this is what I've been seeking all these years. And so, you know, at first it wasn't bad. Like I didn't enjoy it. I thought I was happy, you know. Like, but it was really just looking back. I can tell it was more manic than happiness. And uh, but like you know, people started to like me. I was like able to express myself. I, I stopped feeling lonely, and and um, well, yeah. And so that lasted. That addiction lasted about eight years, and um, it just progressively got worse and worse. Like I, like um, 
you know, like about halfway through it, I started getting in fights again all the time. And I was like a blackout drinker. Like every day I drank, it was a blackout. So I don't remember much of those days. So I'm not going to talk too much about what happened. Even if I want to, I just don't remember. But like, you know, I'd wake up being in a fight, like black eye and bleeding from everywhere. And, and then eventually just got to a place at the end of my addiction where like I had left all my friends. I had stopped talking to everybody. I would just drink alone. And like, I had like so much, like, um, like so much hatred and anger inside of myself. Like I hated everything. And I was always angry. There was no more fake happiness. There was no more mania. It was just suicidal depression and anger and hatred. And like, like I wanted to stop. I tried willpower and I guess I tried a couple other things. I don't really remember, but I, I couldn't. Like I thought the only way I could stop, like my way out was dying. Like death was my way out from this misery. But I hated myself so much at this point that, you know, there's fear of taking my own life because fear of the unknown. But like I also didn't think I deserved that. I thought that, you know, killing myself would be too easy of, an, of a way out. That my, Now my new life purpose from this point was to kill myself with drinking and to suffer in the meantime like I was born to suffer and to let alcohol kill me that was the only that was my way out and that's the only thing I would allow myself and uh but like after and uh but after a while like I you know it was it was hard living with that and uh, I just I couldn't do it anymore so I came up with what I thought was a great loophole like I mean I'm like all right so I'm gonna join the army go off to war and get myself killed and maybe kill a few people in the in the process you know blow some things up it'll be fun and then I'll be dead and I won't suffer anymore like I didn't even know there was a war going on like I probably would have joined the army and just like marched around a lot and not actually use a gun or anything or get shot which is what what I wanted right and anyways, at that point, um, so my, my grandfather had passed uh, a few months before this point, or I don't really know the timeline, but he had passed. And like he was the only male figure I've ever looked up to. Like I never got along with my stepdad. I never really got to know my dad. And, and so my grandfather was the only man I've ever looked up to in my life. And, uh, and then he died. And then I had... Uh, that night I had a uh, sleep paralysis and then the next morning I had a voice in my head talking to me 24 seven and uh, I've had psychosis before but this was the first one where there was, where I was having full-blown conversations with this voice in my head and um and I'm not going to get into that too much let's just say it wasn't great and it lasted multiple years and um but like I had some like some logical thoughts in my head at that point i'm like there's no way the army is going to accept me now like you know i've got like i'm hearing voices they're not going to let me give me a gun and like join the army and go off to war so i uh decided you know i decided to talk to my family doctor and he sent me to the royal and i was in the royal for about four months and the plan was you know deal with the voices i'm gonna become sane again not that i was sane before the psychosis but you know i like i, I didn't know that and uh, and then I'll join the army and I can go back to drinking and using drugs and, uh, and then I'll get myself killed. And then there you go. That's my plan. And um, yeah, and just as an example of how out of it I was at in uh, in detox and uh, in rehab, like I didn't even know I was in rehab until two months in. I'm like, I just thought I was in the hospital. And the next thing I know, I'm like, wait a second. I just went through detox and now I'm in rehab. Like, this is unusual. Like, I, I never thought I'd do this. And uh but yeah, anyways, I started getting my own thoughts back and I uh, 
I realized like all this hatred that I had in myself, like, you know, I hurt a lot of people in my addiction and I just hated myself so much for doing that. Cause like, as a child, I was the one who, who fought bullies. Like all those blackouts I went into, they were always against bullies. Like I had a, like this friend, that was a woman that was different also. And she get picked on all the time. So I beat up her bullies and, and defend her. And, uh, but by the end of my addiction, I was the bully. I was the one hurting people. I wasn't defending anyone anymore. And I just hated myself so much for that. And so I realized that joining the army and going to potentially hurt more people just didn't make any logical sense. So I decided recovery. So I, uh, joined NA and, uh, started doing that for a while. And, and, uh, you know, the first year, let's say I couldn't get more than two days sober but then because like at this point i thought yeah i'm just going to quit drinking alcohol and then i'll start doing drugs like drugs are okay that's not my issue then i had a binge on drugs that was pretty bad and i'm like okay my issue is substances so i started taking it more seriously and uh i had a year uh, i got yeah i got the next year sober no drugs no alcohol and i was also unmedicated because uh they had given me meds at the hospital but i thought you know, I don't need meds. I just need to stop drinking and, uh, and, and I'll be good. And so I went off meds. I, uh, left the program that I was in. And, uh, so I got that year with no meds, no drugs, no alcohol. And it was, um, complete hell. Like I'm grateful. I'm grateful I've had it because, uh, if I stayed on meds the whole time, I never would have known if these symptoms I've experienced were drug or alcohol induced or were actual issues that I have, right? And now I know. And uh but um yeah, so that was a year of uh going from paranoid, angry manias with hallucinations to suicidal depressions where I'm near catatonic with like OCDs that made me want to kill myself, the psychosis that was 24-7 keeping me from sleeping. And um and I was just incapable of sleeping unless I was awake for a minimum of 38 hours. Like I, I tried, I tried desperately and I just couldn't. And um, the addiction to video games was so severe at that point that I uh, played from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. And so, yeah, like I really wanted to die, but like God, yeah, God was drawing me to him. God was drawing me to Jesus. I just didn't know it at the time. Like the first, looking back, the first time I saw God look and working in my life, obviously it was there before, but the first obvious sign that he was looking uh, working in my life was that psychosis. Without that psychosis, I might have killed myself drinking. The only reason I got into recovery and sought the help I needed was because of that psychosis. So when, it, when I couldn't cope with it anymore, I would just repeat in my head, you know, like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Kind of like a mantra just over and over again, just try and cope with the voices until it, it calmed down a bit. And um, so, yeah, so then I got desperate during that year and I prayed for the first time in my life. Like I never, like I expressed earlier, I never really understand things like God and all that stuff. And I never prayed, even though I went to a Catholic school, like it was all forced prayers, just that wanted to make you do it in class. But like, I never prayed for myself. And so I prayed for God. I prayed to God. I, the first, there's two prayers. The first prayer was, uh, um, father, please remove the mental obsession for these video games. Like, I don't want to play them anymore. They're like taking up my whole life. And, 
And then maybe a week later or however long it was, I played for an hour in the morning and I was done. I, just like that, I played for an hour and I went the whole day without playing for um, playing any more of it. And so God answered that prayer. And then the next prayer, because I was still extremely suicidal, but God had put a spark in me that wanted to live, right? Like this spark of life. And so I grabbed onto that spark and I discovered this metal song where this guy screaming to the mic or like, no, these are his darkest days. And he... Uh, and he's begging God to just let him see one more day. So I started repeating that to God every day. And uh, yeah, eventually I uh, got the insight that I should go back to that program that I left. And at this point, I had been away for so long. And normally people normally get kicked out at this point. But for some reason, they kept me on the list. They saw I was willing. They took me back. And that started the next part of my journey. And so now... I wasn't so agnostic as I used to be. I believe there was at least a higher power. I didn't know what it was. And I didn't really seek it for another three or four years, but like at least it was there. And so the quick summary of the next four years of basically on meds, I'm stuck in a numb depression, not full-blown suicidal, but living still pointless and I still want to die. And after about three or four years of that, like I, uh, I'm like, there has to be more. Like I can't just stay in this like i'm just gonna end up killing myself and but like the spark was still in me the spark i wanted to live right so i'm like okay so i'm uh something answered my prayers something made a miracle in my life and uh and then throughout all this i'd be relapsing too like i get a year sober relapse two years sober relapse like there was no lasting recovery right and um so i decided i'm gonna seek whatever this thing is that answered my prayers and that helped me out in the early recovery. And so that started my journey of seeking God. And, uh, and I started in the wrong area. I started in the, in a pagan world. Like I wanted to be a Druid and I went to like, uh, like, uh, festivals and rituals and all this kind of stuff. And, and like, there's definitely that helped my belief more of the spiritual that there are things unseen because like the spiritual energy there is just so overwhelming that it's impossible to deny. And but like it's deceiving, right? Because it felt good. Like I was manic there. Like this is I'm like, this feels good. Like I'm I have all this energy, like I'm loving people, but like I didn't, but there's just this voice in my head telling me, like, you don't belong there. It just kept repeating that to me. Like it wasn't the psychosis, right? It was like insight. And um and I didn't listen to it at first because it felt good to be there. But then after a while, I listened to it and I reflected on my time being there. And I realized whatever I was feeling there, like the spiritual energy was trying to dominate me. It was changing who I was. Like I wasn't myself in these places. And it was trying to turn me into someone that I didn't like, that I didn't want to be. And um, so I got scared and I stopped seeking again for about a year. And I just distanced myself from the whole thing. And uh, then I, um, yeah, and, you know, I was seeking other things too. I got like acupuncture, like earpoint acupuncture. That helped with the side effects of the meds, but not actually like healing and some other things. And uh, then I decided to search for God again. I had a friend that was Christian. So he was starting to facilitate or lead a Bible study group. And I joined this Bible study group. And like, as soon as I joined it, like the enemy was all over me, attacking me. Like he likes using my intellect against me. And I'm making up all these things, why it's not real, how like, I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, so but like there's, I, once again, I felt something there. Like I did in this pagan world. In the pagan world, I felt something spiritual. And here I felt something spiritual too. 
the difference is it wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't trying to dominate me. It was telling me like, it was accept accepting me as I was. It didn't matter that I was broken and that hurting and I was like sinful and all this kind of stuff. It just said, welcome home. And like, I felt like this, this is home. And so I believed in everything. I believed in God, the devil and angels and demons and the Holy Spirit, but I didn't believe in Jesus. But like I wanted to with all my heart. So another six months of that, where I just kept going to churches and talking to different people and going to Bible studies and um, went to like retreats. And uh, like, I wanted to believe in Jesus with all my heart because he was home. Like he was, I just couldn't cross that barrier yet. Then one day, I think God just gave me the faith, and I I just believed. Like all of, someone asked me if I believe, and I thought about it. And I'm like, yeah, I believe. And he's like, you want to get baptized? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I got baptized in the guy's bathtub, and I just kept hearing in my head over and over, like, I love you, I love you, I love you, just being repeated over and over. And uh, and I I found home. Like I, and I started reflecting back on my childhood. All I kept seeking something. I didn't know what it was. And I realized that moment I got baptized, I was seeking God the whole time. I had this void, this empty space inside of me that nothing could fill. I kept trying, and I tried to fill it with alcohol and drugs when I found that, because I thought that's what would fill it. But it never got filled, and it was God that was missing. It was this, this missing piece inside of me. It was the Holy Spirit. And just, I realized all this when, like, when I got baptized, and I'm like, I finally... What I've been searching for for like, what was it, like 32 years at this point was like, I finally found it and I've come home. And, uh, and yeah, that was a game changer. Like, I mean, I, uh, it's been a process. Well, sorry, I'm choking on my saliva. It's been a, it's been a process, you know, it hasn't been like this instant healing that does happen. But my journey is a bit different is uh, God teaching me and building me up through like, uh, it's been, uh, like four years now, three and a half years. And, uh, and like, at first I was just learning to be with God, like building faith and like belief in him and like, and like going through learning the Bible and like, and growing my belief in the sincerity and the, the truth of the word. And, uh, and, but, and I was still seeking, right. I was seeking for healing and I go to God and I, and, but then I started going to humans and doing like all these good things, right? Like inner prayer ministry, inner healing prayer ministry. Like going, but I was going to people, not to God. And I just kept hearing God saying to me, like, just turn to me. He wasn't telling me not to do these things. These things aren't bad. They do help. But I wasn't turning to him. So through this process, he, he taught me to turn to him. And I eventually just tried that. And I'm like, I, so I went in prayer meditation and started spending time reading the word and listening to worship music and spending time with God. And that's when I started getting breakthroughs with my mental health. Cause at this point I still had the depression. Like I still not quite suicidal, but didn't want to live. But like the spark of life in me was bigger now. Like I had a will to live and to seek relationship with God. And, um, and just through spending time in prayer and meditation, I've been, God would like, um, I mean, I'm at 19 minutes now, so I don't have time to go into everything he's broken me through. But like one of the big ones, like I uh, I started, uh, I felt like God wanted me to work on persistent prayer, not just pray for something and give up, right? Like wait on the Lord. And so I started doing that and uh, I prayed for him to take away the depression. And he eventually did. And I was left in a worse spot than when I was when I was depressed. I was starting to struggle even more. And it took about a, a couple of weeks, but I started realizing like the depression 
wasn't the issue that was the symptom like there's something inside of me like i'm in constant emotional pain right now and it's like horrible the depression was helping me cope with that and so i started distracting from it with like video games and cigarettes and ca caffeine and it got to the point where i was going to drink again like i'm outside the lcbo i'm like god i don't want to do this but i'm about to like 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 do like do something like i can't like i'm about to drink again and when i drink is to kill myself if that's my form of suicide and God would give me a break and then and then the desire to drink would just go away. The obsession would just go away. And then I'd go back at it, still distracting another means. And eventually I realized God spoke to me. Everything, this this coping, this broken these broken coping mechanisms that I'm using to distract from the pain is adding to the pain. This pain has to do with me suppressing emotions when I was 17. I'm now like 33. It's been like 15 years. And uh and like, I'm just adding to the pain by, uh, by distracting. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to take an hour a day and spend time in prayer and meditation with you. And, uh, and through that time of prayer and meditation, he started bringing memories to me and just like bring things up that I'm holding on to. And so I started letting go of all these little things that I thought weren't affecting me, but they were. And I just started praying like forgiveness and repentance and, uh, and that relieved the pain and that relieved the depression. And I still dealt with depression since then, even to the point of being suicidal. But like, it's not nearly as severe, it's not nearly as painful. And, uh, and um, but yeah, one thing I've learned from all this, like I, you know, because sometimes I wonder like, how long am I going to suffer with mental health? And like, I've realized like, it doesn't really matter. Like what matters in all this to me, like what gives me meaning, what gives me joy is seeking God. It's not about the answers I get or the healing I get. Like it's about being in a relationship with him and seeking him. Like, you know, he's a mystery for a reason. It's not to, like I, he wants us to seek him. It's part of the relationship to get to know him intimately as a, as an actual father. And, uh, and yeah, and the other thing I learned too is like, no matter what happens in this life, like God's got me. Like, like I was on the edge of drinking again and wanting to kill myself, and He took me away from it. Like God's got me. It doesn't matter what this world throws at me. I could live in poverty for the rest of my life. Like God's still got me.